The following podcast is a presentation of Liberty Christian Fellowship, loving God and loving people in a hurting world. For more information about our church, visit us online at libertyobx.com. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates and encouragement. We hope this message inspires you and blesses you. Now prepare your hearts to hear a powerful word from God. God bless. How's everybody doing? All righty, all righty. Um, so happy that you guys are here. Uh, I know that we have had a tough couple weeks together through these storms, and uh, I want to kind of start with a little bit of good news for you, a couple quick uh, testimonies, and my computer, of course, never works. Okay, you just read my password. That is scary when Matt knows your password. All right. So the, t- the title of my message is Rooted. Let's not start laughing yet, okay? Give me a couple minutes. The title of the message is Rooted Through the Storm, but a couple quick moments of celebration. The little, I call her little girl, but the young woman who um, uh, I, we prayed about uh, maybe two or three weeks ago that was having complications in her pregnancy, Ariana Dreyer. Uh, she had some bleeding, and I remember we were praying, we were believing. I just want you to know that she had an awesome baby boy, Dylan Jameson Barcroft. Seven pounds, four ounces. He is beautiful. She texted me last night, and she said, can we dedicate him in front of the church next week? So are you guys excited about that? That's our newest member right there. So uh, it was awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. Another moment of celebration, church, is uh, we uh, had a youth rally on Friday night, on a dodgeball night, uh, another one that I lived through. Um, and we had, an all, we, we had a time of, of gospel presentation, the good news of Jesus to all these kids. And let me just tell you, God is moving. We had 17 of those kids make decisions to follow Jesus. And I know we should celebrate this because the Bible says heaven's celebrating. So why should we not celebrate? 17 of those kids come home to be with Jesus. And so that is awesome. So I'm talking, the title of my message today is Rooted Through the Storm. And uh, the Lord is dealing with me a lot about these storms and and, and we're going to be talking about roots today. There's no doubt in my mind uh, that so many of us have had a hard couple weeks. Um, it's been a lot, there's been a lot of damage. Uh, there's been a lot of cleanup. Um, we, but, but I can tell you that I have seen the Outer Banks rally in ways I have never seen it rally before. I've seen churches come across denominational lines, showing up at businesses, ripping out carpets together. Uh, we even had our kayak out at Jesse and Whitney's place. Uh, five or six kayaks helping them getting their shirts out. It has been awesome. It's amazing to me. Um, as frustrating as this community can be sometimes, when it takes a crisis, man, but we all rally together. And it's beautiful. I love the Outer Banks in that way. So my wonderful intern, I call her a mintern, uh, she made a video uh, that I want you to enjoy uh, about some of the things that God has been doing through the storm. And now we continue our coverage with news from the Outer Banks. The full impact of the storm was more than expected, and now residents have a long cleanup ahead. Then on your side, Danny Fox was down there to take a look at the damage. 
with our business, uh, I felt a story in my heart immediately that was the Holy Spirit, I believe, saying to me, are you going to choose fear or faith? And um, it took me a couple days to process through and to shed some tears, and I'm sure I'll shed more tears, but ultimately my faith and hope lays in Jesus Christ. And I know that he's been so faithful in the past. We've been through many things, not just, you know, physical storms, but spiritual storms, life storms, um, and God has always been so faithful to see us through. And, and okay, It's been really awesome because we, it's hard to ask people for help, and it's really humbling to ask people for help, but people have just been showing up, like literally, Jesse and I, like one other person were here, and then five people unload everything on the floor, and pick up trash, and just do all kinds of stuff, and people brought us meals, and called us, and can't even tell you how many text messages or messages I've gotten through email, and um, it's just amazing that people are so supportive and loving. To me, that is that is showing Christ when you love other people and help other people. Um, I'm Luke, and I got the amazing opportunity to go out and help people clean up after the storm. Um, one of the places we got to go to was for Bible study. Uh, we got to go to Momentum Fitness and help them clean up. We got to pray afterwards, um, and it was just such a blessing to help them. We've just been so blessed by God's people that have already been here, um, Liberty Youth, and just countless other people who have been here already helping us that want to give. Humbling, and um, we just can't thank people enough. And um, but I definitely just I'm praying that no matter what happens, Lord, we just gosh, we just thank you, and we know that you are going to your name's going to be lifted high in this, and that is what matters most. Amen. The testimonies of the storms were uh, just the things that God is doing in the midst of the storm here has been amazing. I mean, James and them were telling me about up in, in Hatteras, this woman who lost her whole house. But she left her house because she wanted to, to help the church. So while her house was in absolute ruin, devastation, she walked over to her local church, put on her hip boots, and went there and spent the whole day trying to help the church because she said it's God's house. And I, I just love, 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 love how we come together in times of crisis. So it makes the Outer Banks special. And, uh, and I know it's because of the Lord. So we're no stranger to storms. I did a little study. There are 413 known hurricanes. That's not even tropical storms that have hit the Outer Banks or hit, hit North Carolina. With $11 billion of damage. From 2000 to the present, we've had 52 hurricanes 
And like I said, that's not even including tropical storms. We're no stranger here on the Outer Banks to storms. While it's a physical reality, ladies and gentlemen, it's also a spiritual reality. In this life, we will see storms. Storms in this life are inevitable. The Bible says it from cover to cover. Jesus was very clear in John 16. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take courage. I have overcome. And you know, when I first became a Christian, I thought the storms were maybe just for the unbelievers, right? But the reality is it's not just for the unbelievers. It's also for the believer. Uh, some, of my, some of my best friends, Carissa and Noah and Jesse and Whitney and, and a spiritual mom, Lee McMasters, and, and this, the list goes on and on, of strong, faithful, committed Christians who love Jesus with all their heart, and they've had a direct hit in the storm. The Word of God says that he sends the rain not just on the righteous, but the unrighteous alike. And we got to remember that, because the question is, not are we going to see storms, church, we're going to see storms. The Bible makes it so abundantly clear. We're going to see storms. The question I have for you to chew on and as I preach to think about what the question the Bible challenges us with is, are we prepared for the storms? You guys with me? That's the question you want to think about. The storms are coming. It says it everywhere. But the question that you have to ask yourself is, are you prepared for when the storms come? And I know I'm not the only one in this room that have not been prepared at times. Uh, I don't know where you were when Tropical Storm Hermine came in, beginning of September. But, um, you know, I just thought it was kind of a joke because when it first came in, the, the wind wasn't that bad at all. So Kimber and I got in the car, the minivan, we went over to Mattress Mart looking for a mattress for Kaysen. And all of a sudden, and I, I didn't realize that we were, we were in the eye at that moment, and then after the eye comes, and it just, the wind started going, and the doors flew open in Mattress Mart. And I was looking at Kimber, I'm like, this is the rapture. <laughs> and then I realized we were left behind. <laughs> and the guy's like, what's going on? And it just turned. You remember when it just turned, the wind started. And, and we got in the car, we're like, we got to get home. And on our way home, we look up in this transistor box, you know, the felt, it just blew up. And I'm just like, what? This is the tribulation. She's like, calm down, you drama queen. It's a storm and we're caught in it. But I'm, I'm a strong man of God. <laughs> and okay, so in the middle of the storm, it gets worse. I get a phone call because everything's going crazy, right? Trees are falling down, everybody, no, no one's really prepared. And I get a phone call and it's, it's, it's a neighbor, you know, and it's that neighbor that he only calls when something's wrong. And the neighbor calls, and so my first thought was, the first reaction in my thought was going to be, okay, they found my dog. Because if you guys know me, I have a big lab that gets out every single dang day. And his, na his name is, is Duncan. So, 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 so I, I call, uh, I pick up the phone, and, and my first thing is, so, uh, so did you find Duncan? And the voice says, no, I have your trampoline. I had a, a Clark Griswold moment. I didn't know what to do, so you know what I said? I said, you know what? I told Kimber to tie that down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he says, 
I'm tying down your trampoline right now to a tree as we speak. And I'm like, forgive me, Lord. And uh, so that was super embarrassing. Unprepared. Have you been there with me before? Am I the only one? I feel like it. You know you've been there before. You're unprepared. The storm comes. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't measure twice and cut once. Things happen. In life, the storm comes, takes you by surprise. And it can happen quick, can it? So the question is, are you prepared? That's what Jesus, the question that he keeps asking. He's saying, look, the storms are going to come. Peter says it like this. Don't even be surprised when the trial comes upon you. Don't act like it's something strange. The trial and the storm is going to come to you. The question that I want, you to, I want to ask you in the words of Jesus is, are you prepared? He tells a story about storms. He talks a lot about storms. But in Luke chapter 6, he gives us an incredibly insightful parable. It's a parable of the wise and foolish builders. And he contrasts two different type of people in a storm. One, there's a prepared person. And this person knows a storm is going to come eventually, and he decides to build his house on the rock. He builds his house on the rock. He knows the storm's going to come. He builds his life on the word of God. And when the storm comes, the Bible says the foundation was so strong that he overcame the storm. And secondly, there's the unprepared person. And that person, foolishly in haste, builds his house on the sand. And when the storm came, there's no foundation and there's no roots. And that person was overcome by the storm. So we have two people. One that overcame the storm and one that was overcome by the storm. And that's what I want you to chew on today because I believe that this is a prophetic word that the Lord's put in my heart. Are you prepared? Are you a prepared people? There's a prophecy in Hebrews that brings chills to my spine when I read it. It's a prophecy about the end times. And do I believe we're in the end times? Absolutely. Did you watch the debates? No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Don't ever talk politically from the pulpit. But if you watch the debates, you know we're in the end times. But here's what, here's what the, amen, thank you very much. Does this thing bounce in a lot? Uh, whatever, whatever, you, you just deal with it. Um, so in the, uh, in, in, in the end times, the book of Hebrews, the apostle Paul, he has this scripture that just cuts me to the heart. And he says in there, this scripture, he says, in the end times, I will shake all that can be shaken so that which cannot be shaken will remain. Woo, that is a good word. He says, in the end times, here's how it's gonna be. I'm gonna shake all that can be shaken so that which cannot be shaken will remain. That's a challenge. The shaking's coming. The storms are coming. Question Jesus says, listen, I'm telling you over and over again, they're coming. The question is, are you gonna be prepared? That's the challenge that the Lord Jesus has for you today as you walk out that church. Are you prepared? It's a challenge to me.
Am I prepared? Is my family prepared? Are the people in my family that are not saved, are they prepared? Those are the questions that haunt me, but at the same time motivate me to preach the gospel everywhere I go. I began to think about storms and how powerful they are, and I'm reminded of a moment that I had in college. Um, I went to UNCW, um, and uh, I, at that time, I was a surfer, you know, before I had kids. Um, I love to surf, and one thing that you know if you're a surfer is when hurricane comes, you get excited. Why do you get excited? Because it produces good waves. And in Wilmington, the waves are, are they're nowhere near as good as the Outer Banks. So when you see the hurricane coming, we're jumping in our cars, skipping classes, because we got to get back to home and surf, all right? It's my confession to you. Um, but I did get my degree. Um, so on this one particular hurricane, you know, the cell phones are going off. Hurricane's coming. I don't remember one. It was 18 years ago. Jump in my car. Coming back. It always feels so good when you get to the bridges. You know what I'm talking about? You ever get back from shopping over at, you know, in Virginia and you come to the bridge? And you're just like, thank you, Jesus. I'm home. I see the water. I feel the wind. I, I, the, the salt. I can, I can smell it. And I'm home. Coming over a bridge, I think it was a Mans Harbor Bridge, coming back from UCW, and I, I notice the, the bank of the sound, and all these trees are totally annihilated. All the brushes were totally, it was like someone flattened everything. And all there was, and the best picture I could find was this. Uh, Ryan Seal gave me this picture from the storm, hurricane, in, in Hurricane Matthew. There's this giant tree on the bank, and as I'm looking at the bank, there's nothing but this giant tree. And the crazy thing is, is this tree is unmoved. It's like the tree is unshaken. And I'm looking at the tree, and it's sitting there with all its branches intact, like flexing its muscles, like, like Levi Bird style. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just captivated. I'm so captivated, I want to pull off the side of the road, and then I realize I'm on a bridge. And... I can't believe how unshaken this tree is, how unmoved it is. It's, it's, it's like the Lord speaking to me. And I feel, the Lord spe I feel the Lord say in my heart. I ask the question, what is it about this tree? And the Lord says, this tree's rooted. And I began to think that this was not a coincidence this was not random at all. The storm didn't jump this tree. This tree had roots. And the roots of this tree were deeper than the storm. Am I preaching to anyone in the house today? The roots of this tree were deeper than the storm. The Lord is challenging me. That's his desire for our lives that we would have deeper roots. The Bible says that our faith would be unshakable, immovable, steadfast. And he brought me to Colossians 2, verse 7, and I absolutely love this. Let your roots grow down into him, Jesus, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. Hallelujah. 
So I feel like the Lord's challenge to you this morning, how deep are your roots? How deep are your roots? I began to pray through this, and I see that this analogy of a rooted tree is actually all over Scripture. There are so many times that God likens a mature believer to a rooted tree. Turn to Jeremiah 17. Let's look at it. There's like one Bible turning. You can find Bibles underneath your seats. <laughs> I put it up on PowerPoint just in case you didn't bring. All right. Jeremiah 17. Prophet uses the analogy. And I believe it's one of the most beautiful analogies in all the Old Testament, to be honest with you. Jeremiah 17. Every wedding that I do, which is a lot these days, um, I, a lot. Um, I try to use this scripture because I think it's so powerful. Okay, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. This is verse 7. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I'm going to read it again to you because it's so good. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the storm comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries when the storms come and never fails to bear fruit. It's powerful and it's rich. That those who are willing to put their trust in the Lord, they will be like tree planted and rooted. And I love how it says, that sends out its roots. I've been studying trees ever since I had this vision. Fascinated by trees. Okay? I actually became a hippie and lived among the trees for two years. I'm kidding. But I wanted to do that. But I love meat too much. I could never be a hippie. I'm a meatitarian. Uh, Scientists, biologists, aberrists, they will say the single most important thing about a tree is its what? Its root system. They'll all tell you the single most important tree is not its leaves. Think about a tree. It's not its leaves. It's not its branches. It's not the fruit. It's its roots. Roots do two things. They not only provide a tree with water and nutrients, but the root's primary function is to anchor and stabilize the tree in the ground. I began to think about this. I began to think about storms. And I began to think about all the trees that are ripped out in the storms. How many of you guys witnessed trees ripped out that you saw during the storm in your neighborhood or someone else's neighborhood? In fact, if you drove to Liberty today and you looked on the left-hand side right after the fire station, there are trees that are pulled over and you can see the roots sticking up. But I began to think about these different trees And I think about some of the trees that go first. The willow trees, the spruce trees, the maple trees. There's no one here that doesn't love maple trees. They're absolutely beautiful. Let me tell you something about the maple tree. They're one of the first trees to get, 
get taken away by the storm. You know why? Because they have a four to eight inch root system. So when the storm comes, the maples are gone. Why are the maples gone? They got four inches of roots. They're beautiful trees, but they're shallow. Y'all know where I'm going with this? You should know where I'm going. They look amazing. Oh, they're beautiful. Best colors you'll ever see. But they're shallow. They have no roots. And when the storms come, those pretty maples, they're gone. They're gone first. I began to think the Lord began to deal with me about this. There's a spiritual truth here. Sadly, there are so, 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 so many in the body of Christ that are beautiful on the outside, but they have no roots. I began to think about the youth group. We have had seasons. We've had the whole cheerleading squad coming to our youth group. You should definitely pray for us. That's a lot of drama, all right? We've had the whole basketball team coming to youth group. We have had, we have had the whole, there, there was times where I just felt like the whole middle school was there. And we would preach the truth to them. And they would get filled with the Holy Spirit. They would get up and get saved. And you know it, five, six, maybe seven months down the road, so many of those kids are nowhere to be found. And as much as we try to give them phone calls and email them and go after them, they're gone. You know it because we experienced it at church. How many people have you known that's come up here, had a crazy encounter with the Holy Spirit? You prayed with them. You saw, you felt the presence of God in their life. They experienced it. And then the question comes, where are they? Because if everybody that I prayed for was here, we would not have enough seats. And the question that we asked ourselves in pastors at staff meeting is, where did they go? It was real. And the Lord began to speak to me very clearly. The problem is not the preaching or the worship or, 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 or any of the care that goes in this church. The problem is these people never grew roots. Is anybody with me? The problem is not with the church. The problem is, is they never were willing to invest and grow roots. So as the Bible says, as soon as the storm comes, they're gone. James says it like this. They're blown and tossed like a wave of the sea. So the question, the challenge today, because yes, you do go to church sometimes and hear a good challenge word. How deep are your roots? Are you one of those people that as soon as something comes up in your life, you're just you're just drawn away. When your circumstances don't look right, you're just drifted out to sea. The Lord wants to stop that in your life. He has a dream for your life. And you know what that dream is? According to Isaiah, that you would become an oak of righteousness. I don't know if you know anything about oaks. They're one of the last to leave in storms. Because why? Because they have deep, deep roots. All right, back to the trees. I'm going back to the trees, right? All the things I've learned about root systems, the, there's no, nothing more fascinating than the sequoia tree. Can I see a show of hands? How many people have actually seen a sequoia tree? They are absolutely breathtaking. In fact, if you look up at a sequoia tree from the bottom, all you can do is praise God. 
My wife just got back from California, and she said all she could do was praise God because of how enormous they are. Let me tell you a few things about these trees. They are found in this, this Pacific northern coastline of California. They are the single largest living organism in the entire world. It's a tree. And I, whatever. Some of the very oldest living things on earth, two to 3,000 years old they are. That means that these trees you're looking at right now, they were a seedling about the time that Jesus was born. Two, 3,000 years old. Two to 350 feet tall. Let me give you a perspective. This is my beautiful four-foot wife, and she is in the middle of one of those giant trees. How amazing is that? The trunks on these things have a circumference of 100 feet. Their branches are eight feet in diameter. And listen to this. Their bark is three inches thick. The largest tree, this isn't the best picture. It's the best I could find. The largest tree uh, is General Sherman. It's 2,100 years old, 275 feet tall, 100 feet wide. And listen to this, church. It weighs 2.7 million pounds. So I began to think, what root system can hold up 207 million pounds? That's 1,200 tons, church. Through 2,000 years of storms, I want to know what kind of root system that is. So I studied on it, and I found the most marvelous, fascinating truth where God speaks through nature. Listen to this. This will encourage you. The difference between the sequoia than most trees is their root systems don't go down deep. They actually go wide. Um, they, the, 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 the scientists will tell you that this, a mature sequoia can occupy over an acre of land, their root systems. But the key to the sequoia is that their roots grow out and grow into each other. All right? The key to the sequoia is that the roots of these tree, trees interwine into one another. They are actually woven together. Ever heard that scripture? A cord of three strands. What? Not easily broken. They are woven into each other and they create an unbelievably strong bond. And I began to think about this and it was preaching to me all day long. The strength of a sequoia tree church is not in the tree itself. The strength of a sequoia tree is in the community of trees. Are y'all hearing me a little bit? Let me put it a different way. The only way to get a sequoia down is you have to get the whole grove down. Because what's happening underneath the surface is all the trees are holding each other up. The Bible says we are the body of Christ. The Bible says we are the body of Christ and we belong to each other. And when we're rightly fitted, when this church is rightly fitted and we are all connected together and we, I'm gonna squat. Yes, I'm gonna do it. And we are, I'm getting excited here. And we're all together and there's a bond and we've got each other's back. There's no storm that can overcome liberty. There is nothing because we're connected. 
And the strength of these trees after 2,000 years of, of drought and, and, and hurricanes and winds and all these different things, the key of, of, of how amazing they are is they understand connectedness. They understand that they can't do it by themselves. They can't do it alone. They need the other trees. And that is a word for the body of Christ. We need each other. I can't do this without you, and you can't do this without me. And that's the way God intended it. So what does it teach us? We, we must stay connected to community. There is power in community. The Bible says, where two or more gather in my name, I am there. So the first point I have for you Deepening your roots involves getting connected to community, okay? And we give you opportunity after opportunity here to get connected to community because it's in community where you can weather the storms. Okay, very, very quickly, Psalm chapter one. Another incredibly important thing that we learn about staying rooted through the storm is this. Psalm one, I'm gonna read it to you quickly. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Powerful. The psalmist says another thing. One, we stay connected through community. Two, the psalmist tells us who is the person that's likened to a well-watered tree that's planted? It's the person who delights himself in the word of God. You hear me? It's the person who delights himself in God's word. That's like the tree that when the storm comes is not blown and tossed because he meditates on the word of God and he, it, he has built his life on God's word. We're living in a culture today where we're guided with whatever feels right. It's all about our feelings. It's about our emotions. And truth is defined by how we feel. And unfortunately, there is a culture of people that are blown and tossed around. And the only way to overcome this is to get rooted in God's word because this is the thing that is sure and true and trustworthy. Regardless of how I feel, I am a, such an emotional person. I am so emotional. I need the word of God to guard my emotions because even if it doesn't match up, even if there's a way that I'm feeling, if it doesn't match up to scripture, it's a lie. You say, oh, I want to be, I want to be strong. I, I want to be rooted. You have to be rooted to the word of God. I hear people talking to me about Catherine Hopkins all the time and what an amazing woman she is and how gifted she is and they, want, they look up to her so much. Well, it doesn't happen by accident. This woman goes to Bible study upon Bible study upon Bible study. I think she goes to 25 Bible studies and leads 20 of them. She'll tell you. There's no shortcuts to this. It doesn't happen really quick up here. It doesn't happen. That's, that, that's not gonna keep you through the storms. I love that. I love the Holy Spirit, and we need that. But if you don't walk out the door and get connected to community and get planted in God's word, you're no match for the storm. And, he's, and, and the storm's gonna come. And you're gonna get ripped out, and before you know it, the enemy's gonna have a foothold in your throat. Am I preaching truth to anybody in the house today? Are you rooted to the word? 
Jesus asks you, are you rooted to the word? Because the storms are coming. What are you going to trust? Are you going to trust your feelings? Are you going to trust your heart? The Bible says your heart's wicked. He who trusts in his heart is a fool, according to Proverbs. You need something deeper than your feelings and deeper than your circumstances. It's the word of God. David said, the word is my compass. It's a, it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I don't understand, David says, I'm going to trust the word. When my feelings don't match up, I'm going to trust the word. I'm going to close here in this, but if you look at Jesus and how he deals with storms, you can learn a lot. Every time there's a storm on Jesus, it's amazing. He'll be tempted in the desert for 40 days, and the enemy's all upon his throat, and he's hungry. Do you know how he responds in the storm? He responds with scripture. He said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but everything that comes from the mouth of God. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. In the midst of the storm, he's not relying on any philosophy. He's not relying on any of his stories. He's relying on the word of God. If you see him on the cross, the most devastating day, the biggest storm that Jesus ever had in his life, he's hanging from the cross. What does, he, what does he say? He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, for years people don't understand what he's doing there. I'll tell you exactly what he's doing. In his moment, the darkest moment in his life when he's getting ready to take the weight of the sin's world, he's quoting Psalm 22. He's quoting Psalm 22 because in his darkest, most scary moment, the scariest storm he has built his life on the word of God. Amen? So, so my question to you is, how deep are your roots? I'm gonna end with this story because it blows my mind and it's very difficult for me to not be emotional with this story. As some of you guys know, this little girl right here, her name's Noelle Bright, and she's, uh, she's, 10, she's 10 years old, and I, I met Noelle when she was uh, eight years old and she was on Elisa's soccer team, and her parents are amazingly strong Christians. His name is Barry and her name is Debbie and they're actually worship leaders at, at, at Duck United Methodist. About a year and a half ago, Noel got sick and it started with fevers. And um, they adopted her from China. They had fevers, they started to take her in. And they found out that she had an autoimmune uh, immune disease that attacks your organs. It was a genetic disease that little girls from China got. And the crazy thing about it is, is they would drive her to the hospital. One of them would come and the other one would go to duck and lead worship. And then the dad would go and lead worship and the mother would go up and they're both on staff at duck. And as, as we as a community, we embodied the story of Noel and we prayed for Noel and we begged God for Noel and she'd have times where it was awesome and then times where it was down, but she fought and she fought. And in the middle of it, her church would tell me, Amy Brothers sat there and told me that their faith was unbelievable. And the community rallied and on September 21st, there was a sharp decline and they brought her in to the emergency room I'll never forget this in my entire life. Debbie, his, her mom, knew it was time. And she leaned over to her little girl. She adopted from China. She knew it was her time. And she, she leaned over to her little girl and she said these words, and she, these words, and she said these words at the funeral. She said, baby, don't you walk to Jesus. You run to Jesus. Baby, don't you walk to Jesus. You run to Jesus. And that, th when I heard that statement, 
it got down to my core and I realized what kind of woman in that moment, the most ang- the, 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 the biggest nightmare for a mother could, could look at her daughter in that moment and have the faith say, babe, don't you walk, you run. That's a woman who was planted. That is a woman whose roots go down deeper than the storm. So I want to challenge you as the worship band would come and play. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what your response would be because her response has challenged me and I would even say change my life. And I asked myself in that moment with my four babies, could I in that time not say, God, why? Could I in that time not complain? Because I think I might be complaining. I think I might be asking questions why. And there's part of me that even wonders if I would walk away. But in that moment, there's a woman who had faith that was greater than the storm. She had roots that were so deep into Jesus that she says, no matter what happens in my life, I have built myself on him and he is good. And she's able to look at her girl and say, don't you walk, baby. Don't you walk, you run to him. So I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what storm you're in, but I know that his name is Jesus. And the challenge here to you today is where are your roots? How deep are they? The storms are gonna come, and the Bible says as we get closer to the end times, it's gonna get worse. The winds are gonna get stronger. We're gonna see things that we've never seen before, and he's asking the church, wake up, and are we prepared? Are we prepared? Because I can tell you that Noel was prepared. I can tell you that Noel's mother was prepared. Because you don't make a decision like that in that moment if you're not prepared. So the challenge is to you. One, how rooted are you in God's word? If you're not rooted in God's word, you're going to be blown and tossed around. And I'm telling you, the world right now has a strong pull. And secondly, are you connected in community? We don't just preach this because it sounds good. You have to stay connected in community if you're going to make it. It's a gift from God that we have each other, that we can be woven together, that in my darkest time I can call someone and say, I need you to pray for me. I'm going to close right now. We're going to open the altar to you. I don't know where you're at in your faith, but I know that God wants his desire for you is you to be an oak of righteousness. And I challenge you today that you would allow your roots to get deeper. You get connected to him. Pray with me. Lift your hands with me in faith. Come on. Father God, I thank you for this wonderful day. We hear your word, Lord. This is your body, and we ask you to deepen our roots, Father. We know the winds are coming, Lord, but we know you're you're greater than the storm. So I ask you right now, no matter what's going on in every single person's life here, that they would know that there is a rock that's greater than the storm, and his name is Jesus. And Father God, I pray right now that you would challenge us. Get us out of our complacency, Lord, that we might be prepared and not only to survive, but to thrive in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, I just believe that this is your word and it's gonna go out and bear fruit and we're grateful for it. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're getting us ready, not only just to, we're gonna overcome the storm, but we're gonna see a revival So prepare your roots in Jesus' name. And God's people said.
Amen. We're going to have some altar time here. If you need or you're in a storm, we want to pray for you. We love you.